Saturday, the 13th of March. I'm Randy Kure. This is What's Up, the Sports Podcast. Thank you so much for the download. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at What's Up Podcast. As always, a big assist from the Abatsi Project for his amazing track, Oh What a Night. Really thrilled to be joined by today's guest. He is a basketball reporter with a number of programs you can find on social media. He is the founder and creator of NBA Buzz. Mikey Domagala joins me. Mikey, an absolute thrill. How are you? What's up on the What's Up podcast, Randy? I appreciate you having me on. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk hoops. Perfect. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about Mikey's experiences as a basketball reporter, uh, the various platforms he has, as well as uh, zoning in on the last couple of years with a couple of very unique and polarizing storylines. The role of social media as it relates to sports and general news as well we'll sign off with a little rapid fire segment uh, as well so uh first if you take a look at mikey's resume he launched a youtube magazine show in 2019 inside buzz with mikey domagala uh you're a co-host of the truth podcast uh which started in october but you're the founder and ceo of nba buzz which is followed by close to 2.9 million people the amazing thing is is that you started all this when you were 12 years old you're 21 now and you're about to finish a journalism degree from long island university it's just absolutely incredible stuff i uh, a couple years ago took a couple of uh university classes uh part-time as i was juggling work and i was absolutely gassed with uh, it was just so hard to uh, juggle school as well as work and uh, you're doing it with such incredible success how at such a young age did you develop a platform such as NBA Buzz and, and what was your vision yeah so early on the vision man was just to to create something to just talk hoops I mean I was a big Kobe fan back then of course still am rest in peace uh, huge Knicks fan back then and just love talking basketball with friends, family, whoever it might be. So I wanted to take it to a bigger audience and kind of, you know, I, I, my first, my first thing wasn't even to make a page. It was to join somebody else's page who was already established. You know, I would talk in comments with different people of, you know, about different topics. And I said, you know what, I could probably join one of these pages and make the debates and make those conversations to, you know, debate with more people. So I tried joining somebody's page and they saw I was only 12, just turned 12. So I was basically like 11. It's crazy. So I just turned 12 and, you know, these people were shooting me down because I'm assuming I was so young, you know, because why would you bring in a 12 year old kid? So they wouldn't let me on their stuff. So I said, you know what, I'm going to do my own thing. Uh, January of 2012 is when I started NBA Buzz and man, grown it ever since. It's been a lot of fun. It's an everyday grind. And 
Yeah, man, there's the grind doesn't stop. Like you said, whatever I'm going through, middle school, high school, college, it's got to be done. And it's really helped my career. So so to uh, to uh, give uh, more of a, an idea of what your particular platforms are, NBA Buzz is more so uh, content in terms of stats, news of the day. Uh, now, your uh, the Truth Podcast is a collaboration with Jermaine Barnes, who I understand is in Europe. He's a he's a former ball player. He's currently in Europe. Is that right? And you guys? Yep. Yeah. So uh, I saw the I, I saw the uh, interview that you had uh, with Lavar Ball, uh, which is <laughs> fantastic. But I mean, beyond that, you've uh, had uh, some interviews with some really great people. For Raptor fans, uh, you uh, interviewed Antonio Davis and Jamario Moon, and uh, Davis in particular. Uh, well, both of them uh, really raved about their experience in Toronto. You uh, had, uh, and uh, also uh, with the Davis interview, you recognized the possibility and what could have been with regards to the uh, Tracy McGrady, Vince Carter dynamic when they were uh, in uh, Toronto. You had an incredible interview with Nancy Lieberman, who uh, shared her experience and with regards to uh, Kobe Bryant and uh, how she could have potentially been in that helicopter uh, during the uh, that fateful uh, morning in January, uh, uh, Sean Kemp as well. Uh, how would you summarize this past uh, this whole experience? I mean, uh, so far as a basketball reporter, you're just really uh, uh, publishing some really great stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm laughing and smiling as you're rattling all that stuff off because. You know, it's crazy because I only really started getting into this reporting and the shows only a couple of years ago. I mean, I only when I was like 16, I only truly thought I could be a reporter and I really want to start interviewing people. My first couple of interviews pre Inside Buzz were for like uh, some newspaper publications. And I had like Al Horford and DeMarcus Cousins, like being in press conferences with them. Just one question, not even a true interview, you know, so going from there and eventually developing inside buzz and you know 2018 2019 it's just you know it's lived up to everything i wanted it to be next up is just getting in contact with more current players and stuff like that you know i've had a lot of past legends on like you said which is incredible but the future i want nba players to develop these relationships with me and you know it's it's been a blessing all those interviews that you just mentioned were so much fun because you know I'm only I just turned 22 and you know I I play I play 2k with Sean Kemp and you know I I didn't really watch him play but when I had Sean Kemp on the show I'm like oh my god that's the rain man sitting across from me Nancy Lieberman the hall of famer sitting across from me on zoom was spectacular and everybody else you mentioned it's just so much fun and you know at the at the beginning and the end of these interviews these these amazing people just tell me how happy they are for me that I'm grinding so hard to, to do this and how they, you know, they give me such good advice to just keep going and just never stop. I remember Nancy Lieberman told me, you know, don't, don't put your foot off the pedal because, you know, if you do, you know, there, there's no reason to, the sky's the limit is, is basically what you said to me after the interview and getting all that from these legends and former stars is, is just incredible. And once it just makes me hungrier. Yeah, and uh, to that, I believe it was the Kemp interview who said that Larry Bird would uh, 
have his way with a guy like Luka Doncic if he was uh, to compare one-on-one uh, with that and I mean that's the kind of that's the kind of quote that you want to hear from a from a big time name like Sean Kemp I mean I mean it's one thing to repurpose uh, content and articles uh, links from other sites but I mean you're developing the content yeah and I gotta I gotta tell you Randy that's what has really especially on Instagram has put NBA buzz over other pages like that because on Facebook, I have like 2.7 million followers. It's a lot of people. Instagram. I have, I have 200,000. So Instagram, I got started late on in about 2018. I should have started way earlier, but what puts me ahead of these other pages who are bigger than me there is one. Yeah. I have the identity from Facebook. People know me from there and whatever, but I'm also putting out, like you said, this exclusive content that you could find nowhere else and other pages don't have interview shows tied with them. So not only is it helping my journalism career, it's helping NBA Buzz gain exclusive content. I've made, you know, I've been on ES, uh, my content has been on ESPN, Sports Center, and stuff like that, my interviews and quotes that people have said. So it all, it all goes full, full circle. Social media and sports is so intertwined and being a journalist just helps it as well. Yeah, and uh, I'd love to really uh, get your thoughts on, especially the past couple of years, because, you know, you're talking about developing content. There's so many storylines that have taken place. Uh, You start with 2019, and uh, I'm based out of Toronto, and obviously uh, the Raptors, uh, you know, traveling through uncharted waters and uh, making it to the NBA Finals. Uh, You know, you have this new kid on the block, which is especially been kind of rare over the past 10 years, uh, you know, with the uh, Miami's constantly making it. And uh, I mean, Dallas had a a couple of uh, uh, times in the uh, finals as well, but here you had this new kid on the block, a new kid on the block from Canada. I mean, this is the first time uh, without LeBron James in the NBA finals in, you know, eight years. Uh, as a reporter, like, I mean, was it, was one narrative more prevalent than the other? I mean, in terms of fans being interested with the finals and the Raptors as Eastern Conference champions? Yeah, so I got to tell you that that's a great question because that year, ooh, hold on, let me just plug, plug in my phone. Sorry about that. Yeah. So that <laughs> yeah. year, you know, um, those Raptors, those Raptors were different because if you put anybody else other than LeBron James and, you know, whatever, people would be like, ah, I'm not watching this, you know, whoever it may be. But those Raptors with Kawhi Leonard and all those surrounding guys who made a name for themselves, like Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Fleet, sure. the, world, the world just fell in love with Fred Van Fleet. And, you know, that team really made it exciting because they were almost like an underdog because people, people just watched LeBron versus Curry three years in a row. I mean, uh, third time around, you know, I watch every, almost every game, every season, every finals, every playoff game. I was, I was aggravated. I'm like, I don't want to watch this. Like, we know it's going to happen. The Warriors are going to smack them, blah, blah. (laughs) So. That being said, with that past history of what was going on in the league, seeing LeBron versus Steph three times in a row, and then, like you said, the Raptors' new kids on the block, Van Fleet storyline, having his kid, Kawhi Leonard really becoming his own superstar, and, of course, that game-winner over Joel Joel Embiid. I mean, people wanted to watch that Raptors team, 
and of course they they made it happen they they took down you know the giants and the warriors and you know they won it all and it was exciting man and you gotta gotta give credit to marcus saul and all those other guys on that team too kyle larry and that parade was awesome and you know uh you would think people would freak out over a lebron parade winning uh steph curry parade that raptors parade was insane even on the outside looking in i'm sure for you in toronto it was amazing well, you know what, uh, my wife and I, uh, we were at the parade and uh, well, actually, uh, let me take a step back a little bit because you mentioned the uh, the big shot over uh, MB Kawhi shot there. Uh, I don't know if uh, I'm I'm sure uh, those in the United States, I know my uh, cousins in Florida and uh, California have seen it. Uh, the DoorDash NBA commercial uh, where uh, it starts with the one fan saying we're about to win an NBA championship. Uh, I'm hoping that you had seen it, but uh, Anyway, uh, there was, yes, uh, I have. Yep. yeah, so uh, take a look at the, uh, the crew from uh, at the end of that commercial, the people from Toronto, that was me. Really? <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was in fact me, my wife and my two next door neighbors. Uh, we, that was our reaction when Kawhi hit the shot and it just snowballed into uh, appearing in that commercial. So uh, that, uh, yeah, the, uh, the Toronto sweatshirt that I had, I had my, we, the North uh, flag over my head. So anyway, uh, I, I digress. I don't really want to toot my own horn there, but. Oh uh, no, I, I, I want to see you toot your own horn because that's pretty incredible. I got to go really check it out now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, yeah, it was, it was just such an experience. And uh, speaking of experiences uh, with the, with the parade, uh, my wife and I, we were at, uh, we were a couple hundred yards from the, uh, from the stage and sure there was a delay, but you know, it was the first time that Toronto had experienced a parade of that size, you know, in about 20, 25 plus years with the Jays. I did go to the uh, Toronto FC soccer parade when they won MLS cup, but, and it was, it was, it was hype. I mean, there was a lot of uh, fans, but it, it wasn't even, wasn't even close and yeah uh, and i mean and now when you get Kawhi saying his aha aha, oh, aha it was you know, stage and everybody going crazy kyle larry pumping up the fans marcus all drunk off his butt <laughs> you know so that's that's what i mean you know that raptors team had a really cool identity to them of the underdog and people really you know associated with that and really wanted them to win and take down those warriors so it was a lot of fun that year for me. I'm sure it was incredible for you. No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, you talk about uh, the support that uh, we in uh, Toronto and Canada, I mean, the, the entire country came together. I was actually in Halifax, uh, Nova Scotia during game four. And, uh, you know, I was decked out of my Raptor gear and uh, was at the bar for, uh, for game four. And, you know, people, uh, they were just so enthralled with this uh, from this, with this team and, uh, championship run from coast to coast and you know you talk about the identity from the 2019 team and the reality is is that this ha- this is a new identity and it's an identity that people are so excited about because Siakam and Ananobi Van Vliet have resigned uh, long term uh, and you know obviously there's uh, still uh, more to be done in terms of perhaps getting uh, another name or two but uh, this team has uh, really captured a lot of uh, attention and hearts. And the uh, the legacy that Vince Carter had uh, for basketball in this country goes without saying. But you could only imagine what kind of what kind of after effect the uh, the 2019 team had uh, had as well. But yeah. Uh, so uh, beyond uh, 
2019, Mikey, I'd love to get your uh, perspective on 2020, which was such an incredible emotional year on so many levels. Uh, it started, of course, with the passing of Kobe Bryant in January. The All-Star Game uh, in Chicago took a completely different dynamic and was uh, really competitive for the first time in such a long time. Of course, in March, there was the uh, the season paused, paused because of COVID, and it resumed with the Orlando bubble, and then the boycott after the Jacob Blake shooting. I could only imagine that you did not expect so many different storylines when you launched this thing in 2012. <laughs> uh, definitely the craziest reporting covering everything through NBA Buzz Year ever because there was no off season. Because if you think about it, for, for, for me as a content creator, because if you think about it, when the NBA paused, the NBA didn't really pause to reporters and journalists because there were so many new storylines coming about. Who has COVID? Who doesn't have COVID? What are the protocols going to be? Oh, are team facilities open? Oh, no, they're not. Okay, are fans ever going to be there again? No. When's the season going to resume? Oh, there's a bubble? How many games? You know, so, and, oh, a new playoff race of a playing game? So all of that coming together, plus, like you said, the, the riots of, you know, the social justice stuff in the bubble, and all of that just, man, what a year. What a year was the NBA. Historic. I'll never forget it. And, yeah, a year ago today, uh, COVID-19 was considered right. a pandemic. And 365 days later, the, the madness is still here, man. You know, it's it's crazy. So. Yeah, and I, I, I guess uh, the, the reality is, is that you are a veteran reporter with your experience. I mean, you're you're knocking on a decade of – of doing this uh what if you didn't have that kind of experience i mean do you think the years leading up to 2020 better prepared you oh 100 percent. i've learned how to report on my feet get content out there on my feet and i'll give you a perfect example randy a year ago today i was in disney with my girlfriend on vacation you know, COVID, little, little murmurs of COVID, right? You know, uh, late February, early March. So we're like, okay, you know, we could probably go. Year ago, a year ago tonight, I'm, I'm in Hollywood Studios in Florida, Disney, Florida. And I get the notification on my, I, I do a lot of my posting on my computer. Right. Keep that in mind. Sure. So, you know, I'm on my phone and I get the report about the thunder and the jazz. I go to my girlfriend, like, oh, what's this? Oh, we we got to stop quick. I got to look into this. Nobody knew what was happening. It's just, oh, they're leaving the court. So I post about that. Then it felt like every 10 minutes, boom, 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 something new. You know, Gobert tested positive. Uh, su suspectful of Donovan Mitchell being there, uh, testing positive. Uh, who else from either side tested positive? Why are the fans leaving? Is this the end of the season? Then Adam Silver announces the season is postponed. And also, and also the whole dynamic of Rudy Gobert uh, touching all the touching microphones. Touching the microphones, and, that's right. Yeah, not taking that's it right. as seriously. Sorry to continue, please. Yeah, no, 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 no. That was a perfect jump in because uh, I forgot about that. But <laughs> I get back to the hotel room with my girlfriend. I go, oh, I, I'm putting out content on my phone, which is like screenshotting tweets and putting a quick picture above it. It's like a knockoff version of content creating for me if I'm really busy. I do all my posting on my computer. Of course, I have my computer with me. 
I bring it to Florida, whatever. I get back to the room. Where's my computer? This is the craziest night of the NBA ever. I can't find my computer. Where is it? I'm, I'm like fuming because Adam Silver just announced the season was done and I'm watching the TV. I, you know, uh, I remember the Pelicans are on. I'm, I'm just watching. Oh, this is the last night of the NBA season for God knows how long. Right. Still computers. still still nowhere to be found. My computer was left on the plane. And since we were so busy in Disney, I didn't check my suitcase or anything like that. I was talking to this nice man next to me. I was making content <laughs> on the computer. I left my computer under my seat. And it went all the way to Colorado. And I got it back three weeks later. So that's the madness I was dealing with. And I had to use my veteran skills of getting quick content out there with my phone, even if it looked a little crappy yeah. in Disney. While trying to vacation with my girlfriend during all that madness. So no computer, just on my phone. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, you got to blame the nice man for being uh, so engaging to talk to. Uh, that's, yeah, right? uh, that's incredible. <laughs> Out of all the days, too. I mean, uh, you know, just the, the smallest thing, especially when you have uh, such a busy plate on your uh, on your professional schedule and, uh, you know, you lose something like your computer. I mean, that's just uh, that's just wild. <laughs> I was <laughs> flipping out. I'm, I'm, I won't lie. And and you did get it back. I did get it back. I I spent like fifty dollars to one day ship it home, and I got it. Perfect. That that that's a that's a great story. I mean, uh, so, I you know uh, to uh, to go back uh, during that time, and I guess uh, as we are now into the bubble, of course, uh, a lot had uh, taken place, especially in the United States, uh, with uh, the boycott that. Uh, after the uh, the shooting of Jacob Blake, and it it, it seemed that basketball had really uh, led the charge when it came came to uh, voicing their views of regarding social unrest. Uh, you got the uh, boycott led by the the Milwaukee Bucks. You had the Atlanta Dream who voiced their support for uh, Raphael Warnock, who is the uh, opposing candidate to their own team owner Kelly Leffler. Uh, for state senator, for both the WNBA and the NBA, it came with a lot of support, but it came with a lot of criticism as well. And you know, being a hockey fan like myself, like hockey, just it, it just seems that uh, hockey, certain sports, just really refuse to put themselves out there. And you know, fr- from your uh, observations, what do you think is going to happen five, ten years down the road? Do you think that more sports leagues, more athletes are going to take a stand such as the WNBA and the NBA, or do you think it's going to be status quo? Do you think basketball players are going to uh, scale it back? What do you think? Yeah, I think the basketball players, NBA players will always continue to do so. And I think it starts at the top. It starts at the leadership. Look at what Adam Silver implemented, what he did based off those riots and to really, you know, get everybody on the same playing field and to, you know, get racism out of the NBA, out of America to really push that initiative forward. Um, I think different leagues, you know, you don't see too much from the MLB like that, like you said, the NHL. And again, it starts at the top. It depends on who the leader is, who, who's the commissioner. Do they care more about the viewership, the money or, you know, what's right? And obviously you need to, there needs to be some kind of level ground there. But Adam Silver, you got to give him credit for really putting the players first, uh, putting, you know, what's right first and all the players followed and everybody went out there to vote and, you know, uh, all got together, the WBA, what they, 
what they made happen, like, like everything you were just mentioning. And yeah, everybody came together. We saw it on the floor in the bubble, um, different initiatives. And even through to 2021, uh, we saw the All-Star game, uh, all that money donated to the HBCUs and all that stuff. So all of that continuing to happen and push forward and just make, you know, people start loving each other and liking each other because this is a crazy world. So if the NBA could help push that and make it happen, they should do it and other leagues should follow. And I know, I know LeBron's getting a lot of flack for it, but he's got the platform. So if that's what he wants to do, that's what he's going to do. You can't, you can't go against that. Yeah. And uh, I guess with my observations now, I'm a, I'm an older guy uh, compared to yourself. I'm essentially uh, uh, twice your age at uh, turning 42 in August, but uh, I I wouldn't have even thought it. Oh, bless you. you. More, more reason why you should listen and follow this man, Mikey Domagala on everything (laughs) that he does. Uh, I'm not a man. I'm a kid, (laughs) but uh, it it just, it just, I just came to uh, a, appreciate this one thought that a lot of people are reacting to comments either by Donald Trump or uh, LeBron James, and, and there's not a lot of listening. And uh, my, uh, my podcast is uh, very dynamic. Uh, two of my uh, two of my panelists are guys, I go back uh, over 15 years, and there are differing views. And I think that there is really something about listening and, uh, you know, trying to appreciate the, uh, the other side as uh, and to with respect to whatever your political views are that mine are a certain way and that it really I think this is a step forward in terms of you know just getting to that point where it's not pitchforks and uh, torches but it's just simply just trying to find that common ground it's yeah well I gotta tell you I see how the world is through NBA buzz comments and that's almost a reflection of society because people are so gung-ho about their favorite players their favorite teams that they're mfing each other and going hard at each other in these comments all over players they don't even know that they never even met you know they're getting so offended and so uptight against each other and calling each other names and we don't need that and that's what you see in the political landscape as well so it's it's just a crazy world out there if i sometimes i step in in the comments sometimes and i'm like guys you guys got to chill out man like it's not that serious. Take a step back. You're commenting on an Instagram post. If you guys want to banter, go ahead. If you want to debate, go ahead. But why are you guys calling each other names? And that's the same thing with politics. If you become right. more educated, you read more books, you understand both sides, you could say, oh, that I understand why it's happening. But why isn't it happening that way? Okay, well, let's work to make it happen. And let's all get together and talk about it and make this happen rather than you know, blow it up in the media, have two part two parties going against each other and hitting each other. You know, I I know plenty of people who have different political views than me and vice versa. And, you know, I judge them by their character, not necessarily their beliefs. So yeah, you know, it's just it's a crazy world. Yeah, it, it certainly is. And uh, to that, and I guess uh, sticking to a different, uh, a newer dynamic, a different dynamic from definitely when uh, when I was uh, your age and younger is that very curious to learn how somebody like yourself gets your uh, news and sports information, whether it be entertainment, politics, whatever the case is. I mean, when I was a kid in reference to sports, 
my main source was the sports section of the newspaper, you know, I, uh, and then my family got cable TV and was introduced to the uh, 24 hour uh, sports station, uh, the sports network here in Canada. And now it seems streaming is a lot more prevalent. You got DAZN, you got YouTube, you got Facebook that they're uh, getting into uh, sports and, and, and beyond sports, obviously business and politics, as I mentioned as well. Uh, for someone like yourself, how, like, how do you uh, go about consuming your news? Because it just seems that social media is where it's at, and as opposed to 20, 25 years ago with the newspaper and, and so on. Funny, you know, I'm growing up in this social media world, technology world. And as a journalist student through college, we have classes about this all the time and debates about this all the time. What's the proper way of getting your news? You know, you can't trust this person. You got to trust that, blah, blah, blah. To be honest, my way of consuming news is obviously I watch on TV, but a lot of it's social media. I follow a lot of top journalists, credible journalists. If you follow crappy journalists, you know, then you could really get fake news, so to speak. But if you follow real credible journalists and real, um, you know, top news accounts, that's a lot of the way I get it. Uh, I'm a big YouTube watcher. I like watching all different things, old boxing matches, old basketball games. And then in my suggested, I get news channels. You know, I, I pop in what I want to watch. So if I'm watching, say, you know, uh, an old Michael Jordan NBA finals game and I'm done with it, then I see breaking news through YouTube, you know, I start watching the live news there. So there's so many different channels, so many different ways of consuming news. Like you said, I feel like every streaming platform, every company has a streaming platform now. It's, it's crazy. Back then, like you said, there was almost no channels. Now it's, there's TV and then there's streaming platforms where you can get news and other things. It's, it's just, it's just crazy, but I'm mostly social media. Right? And I'm, I'm sure a lot of people my age are too. Yeah, absolutely. And and people my age also, uh, the reality is, is that, you know, 40 somethings and 50 somethings, uh, my, uh, my 80 year old father in law, he's, uh, he's on his phone, and he's uh, checking out uh, CNN on, uh, on his uh, phone there, and uh, the various uh, platforms as well. I mean, you think about uh, any type of sports reporter, but whether they are 20 or 60 years old, they have a Twitter feed where they could get their content at the snap of a finger. And, you know, you talk about the dynamic, though, of cable TV versus social media. It's just so ironic where, you know, more and more people are getting away from the cable TV format uh, and going to social media. It's ironic to me that the cable TV outlet has all like all these restrictions and limitations in terms of its content. I mean, Sean Kemp uh, threw an F-bomb uh, while you were doing your interview <laughs> with him. I mean, I caught that. And uh, obviously that would have been bleeped out on, uh, on uh, TV. Uh, in your opinion, and especially uh, as, a, as a journalism student, do you feel that one is like cable TV will loosen its uh, uh, its uh, restrictions, or do you think social media will scale it back? Uh, like w- between the two, which do you think is going to uh, change? Social media is not going to scale it back. That I know. Social media, you know, it's almost like now you can do whatever you want. But if you want to curse on Twitter, you can. If you want to curse on YouTube, you can. TV, you can. And I look at it, I look at it like Howard Stern years ago, right? Like he was on radio and he was getting 
people really offended at him. Uh, you know, tons of fines for his language, what he was talking about. And his audience only grew when he went to satellite. And you know why? Because he could say whatever the hell he wanted to say. Sure. And that's what people want to hear sometimes. I mean, I'm not against TV censoring stuff because that's totally understandable. But people want to stream different things and see things and not have somebody else controlling what they're watching and how they take it. So people don't want to watch um, a 40 minute program, right? And get 20 minutes of commercial on cable. They'd rather just stream 40 minutes worth on HBO or on Netflix. And then that 20 minute commercial time, that's 20 more minutes to watch another show of theirs. So they don't want to be so consumed with advertising, uh, bleeping out words and, you know, a kind of sent, not totally censored, but slightly censored program people. That's the reality. And that's, that's kind of my, that's pretty much my opinion. And everybody, my age's opinion too. Nobody really watches TV too much, too much anymore. They're big on the streaming stuff for those reasons. Yeah, sure. It definitely uh, seems to be a lot more user friendly for uh, for the consumer. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, for you personally, uh, you know, as a as a content provider, uh, you know, with your with your with NBA Buzz and everything else, uh, w- when I'm uh, doing an interview, when I'm doing a roundtable discussion on this podcast that I don't want to be like a homer. Now, uh, for those uh, for those who are listening on this podcast, Mikey and I are doing this uh, uh, interview over video and I am decked out in all Raptor gear here. So, uh, you know, just to uh, put that into uh, perspective there, but uh, you know, I understand that you are a big Knicks fan, that you're a big Yankees fan, uh, that, uh, you know, there are uh, broadcasters out there that are uh, 20, 30, 40 years into the game and they are, more so known for being a being loyal to their to their team. You think of a guy like Hawk Harrelson for the Chicago White Sox. He uh, comes to uh, comes to uh, my mind. But for you personally, is it hard to I guess detach Mikey Domagala the fan to Mikey Domagala the content provider, especially when you're doing your interviews. interesting because now that you brought the interviews in it it's it changes my answer because with the content creation that's that's no issue i mean you know i post about just about everything and why not but if i i'm not gonna lie if i see emmanuel quickly put up 25 off the bench i'm gonna i'm gonna go post that because he's my guy he's nick's guy but no when it comes to content creation you don't play any favorites you really you know post what's out there post what's gonna be engaging and but when it comes to interviews, you know, you want to stay totally level as a journalist. But if you're interviewing somebody like Sean Kemp, like, like when I interviewed Sean Kemp, I had to ask him a lot about MJ. Sure. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an MJ fan, even though I didn't grow up with him. I find his, the Michael Jordan stories and playing against him extremely, extremely interesting. Same with people when they uh, played against Kobe Bryant. So not that that's being biased, but, you know, I would I would like to hear those perspectives and to get content out there. But to also that's what everybody else wants to hear. So, you know, I I don't play I don't play favorites necessarily. But if there's certain topics that could really be capitalized, I'll capitalize them. 
if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I had a discussion. There was a there was a golf reporter uh, from uh, TSN who did a Facebook Live, and I asked the question if uh, if the PGA just put all of their eggs in the Tiger Woods basket. Uh, despite all the uh, golfers that were around him. Now, obviously, Tiger was running the show and he was winning all the majors. And uh, this was obviously before the uh, personal issues that came up with his wife. And, you know, now everything uh, now, especially uh, especially what happened a couple of weeks ago with his accident, hopefully he could have uh, uh, returned to some sort of normalcy, whatever, uh, uh, after these uh, accidents. But the reality is, is that there are so many topics that, is definitely top of mind with with uh, with sports fans and uh, with Kobe Bryant, with Michael Jordan, LeBron James. I mean, yeah, there's no way that people could uh, avoid that uh, basketball yeah. reporters and as well. I also see I also see like this, Randy. So say I have I would love to interview Patrick Ewing. Say I have Patrick Ewing on the show, right? Sure. And I'm a New Yorker. You know, he was the head of the Knicks. You know, the head honcho guy. Everybody loved him. Why wouldn't I connect with him on a New York basis, almost asking him his favorite spots around the city, or even this interview that me and you were doing right now, you, we talked about the parade and you told me you were there. That's awesome. And that only adds to the conversation. So it's not even really being biased, so to speak. It's if the opportunity is there to kind of capitalize on something and connect it to yourself, I see nothing wrong with that. And other people could, you know, uh, tie into that as well. Who's listening. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I mean, we could go down the uh, the list of national sports reporters who are uh, so loyal to their uh, to their team and player. And uh, I mean, as in this country, there's uh, there was a famous uh, sportscaster who was born in Columbus, Ohio, and then moved to uh, uh, here in Toronto when he was a kid. And he was always known as a big time Cleveland Browns fan. But he he only. Uh, you know, mentioned his support for the Browns at a very, uh, very basic level. He wasn't, uh, the Browns are getting screwed or, uh, you know, whatever the case is. And yeah, yeah if you could, uh, if you could bring some sort of uh, personal enjoyment or personal relevance to uh, a story without being biased, then uh, that's just, I mean, that's, I think, why people get into the industry. That's why I got into the industry. And uh, what, I did have a journalism career, and which did uh, go into general news. And, uh, you know, before we uh, actually started this interview, I told you about my experience as a sports reporter. And, yeah, sure, you could uh, appreciate that, you know, reporters are supposed to be even. But, yeah, they're all, they're all fans uh, at, at the bottom line, right? And, and that's a little different between the sports journalist and then like the news journalist. News journalist, there's no messing around. You got to you got to be sharp as a tack and really stay extremely level sports. You know, you could slightly wobble just because, you know, everybody loves sports. Everybody's so into it. Everybody's a fan when it comes down to it. The news, you got to you got to be strict. Yeah, absolutely. Mikey, I just want to pause for a very quick second uh, when we come back. I'm going to put you on the hot seat and uh, we'll then uh, tie a bow on this and uh, call it a day. Mikey Domagala is with us, content uh, creator, basketball reporter, uh, and founder of NBA Buzz. This is What's Up the Sports podcast back in a second. This is Randy Coure. And as we are starting to receive vaccinations for COVID-19, 
I hope you will continue to do everything possible to avoid spreading this deadly virus. We've come a long way, but by no means are we done yet, and I know it's hard not to see family and friends as this has been among us since early 2020. I just hope you and yours are doing well and maintaining a level of responsibility so we can get back to a normal way of life sooner rather than later. Take care. We're back with Mikey Domagala from NBA Buzz, and uh, we're going to ask you a few rapid-fire questions that uh, I have not posed to you. Uh, I, I warned you that I told you that we were going to uh, do something like this, but you don't know exactly what I am going to be posing and asking you. So I'm uh, just going to get your thoughts, and uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see uh, how this uh, comes about. So. Uh, actually, first things first. So you can see that I ha am wearing uh, the old school Raptor jersey. It's the first uh, version of uh, their road jersey back in the mid 90s. I'm wondering if you can uh, figure out who this jersey belongs to. Now, I am going to give you a hint. Oh, I got it ready, I think. Okay, because uh, you could see that it's a number three yep. jersey. So. Uh, who do you uh, who do you think uh, I'm wearing? Damon Stoudemire. And no, uh, so Damon had number twenty, and oh, uh, yeah, Damon Damon had number twenty. And you know what? Uh, this uh, this guy actually was a one time Nick, and but he only spent twenty nine games in Toronto. I'm going to uh, uh, flip uh, flip around and uh, have Mikey uh, see the back of my jersey. Chauncey, oh, I forgot he made a stop in Toronto. <laughs> yes, yes. Had a cup of coffee in uh, New York. and Yeah, man. Had yeah, a cup of coffee no, in a lot of spots. Yeah, and I uh, fell in love with this uh, jersey. I had, to, I had to get this for the collection. So uh, out of curiosity, uh, you must have uh, a few in your closet as well. Got to tell you, when I was a kid, I used to collect jerseys like crazy. I'm not, I'm not too into the jerseys anymore unless they're like signed jerseys for to hang on the wall. Wearing jerseys, not too crazy about it as much. Okay. Yeah, ever since uh, the Raptors won the championship, I've just gone crazy, and the wife has been understanding, so I'm very thankful to that. But so. I got to tell you, I am going to get an Emmanuel Quickly jersey because he's becoming, you know, uh, everybody's going crazy about him here in New York. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. So, uh, so Mikey, I gotta, I gotta ask you a couple of questions and it's a couple of questions that, as a basketball fan has been on my mind and, uh, we've been talking about the WNBA and they've been around for close to 25 years, but I did a Google search and apparently there has been 22 dunks in the league since it began close to 25 years ago. For years, I have won, have always said that the WNBA can get a lot more traction if they lowered the net. Mikey, your thoughts? Great point. Because what sells in the NBA? What are all these highlights that we see? They're all dunks, like you said. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure Brittany Griner probably has about 10 of the 22. Mm. And... Mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, yeah, that would that would put some butts in seats for sure. And put put more highlights together for the WNBA if they lowered the rim to like nine feet. An extra foot, that, that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, and also you think about just uh, the the reality is that uh, men are, for the most part, taller than women. Uh, you take a look at the amount of seven-footers in the NBA and uh, those those NBA players who are getting to their 30s, mid-30s, and and so on. They're not so much dunking anymore. And uh, I, I don't know. I thought that uh, it could, uh, could get a, a lot more excitement. But uh, obviously, the WNBA has been doing some incredible things, uh, uh, especially over the past little while. Uh, in terms of international basketball, obviously, Canada is gaining a lot of uh, steam. You got uh, R.J. Barrett, who's doing uh, some great things over in New York. You have Jamal Murray in Denver, uh, Gilgis Alexander, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. But I've, the USA is still dominant. They're still running the show. And... To tell you the truth, as much as I uh, love international sports, I actually saw a Canada-Nigeria exhibition game here in Toronto. Al Farouk Aminu was on uh, the Nigerian team amongst uh, a couple of other guys. I've always thought that international basketball would be a lot more palatable and exciting if you have a World Cup of basketball without the USA and two years after... Two years after, you have USA versus rest of the world. So like you, ta- you take you take a look at uh, what that uh, international squad could be. Uh, you have Doncic, Ben Simmons. You have oh, the guys man, this, from Canada. This year, they'd be stronger than ever. That's why I'm excited for the Olympics, because they might be able to pull off some upsets. Canada, some other teams around the world. That World Cup idea, that would, that would be interesting. I mean, I wonder if it is going to do something in terms of advertising. Would uh, Americans take to uh, an international ball tournament without uh, without the Americans? But uh, I, I just think that the United States is just on another planet right now. And yeah. however, if there was a seven game series, USA versus rest of the world, uh, I think I, I, I don't know if I don't know if it, USA is a clear cut favorite. I mean, just look at the last couple of years, the emergence of Doncic and Jokic. Those are those sure. are two really top, you know, the head guys who would be leading that squad. And to be honest, that's why something like that might work now rather than it would have 10 years ago. Because the NBA fans, the young fans are obsessed with Luka now and obsessed with these new foreigners coming in, not just American players. So, you know, if Luca throws an insane pass overseas in one of these tournaments against Canada and then RJ posterizes Jokic, you know, that, that would draw some traction. So it would be interesting to see that. Okay. But, so I'm not... uh, I would love to see us versus world. That would, that would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I think I'd just be completely, completely bananas. Uh, so uh, now you're from, uh, you're from, you're in long Island. Uh, you're a Knicks fan. Uh, obviously, the Brooklyn Nets—they're gaining a lot of steam as a force. Uh, you know, they are the uh, clear favorites. Uh, well, clear favorites—they're one of the favorites in terms of uh, making it to the finals. As a Knicks fan, if Brooklyn wins the championship, can Mikey the fan be happy for Brooklyn? You're shaking your head. <laughs> oh, happy for Brooklyn! I thought the question was going to go: Can Mikey no. become a Nets fan? No, 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 no. That would be enough. <laughs> would I be happy for Brooklyn? 
I would have been pre-James Harden trade. Now it's like, all right, Kevin Durant builds another super team again. And, you know, it's an arms race at the top. And, of course, because he's one of the best players in the league, he gets his buddies with him. But, you know, I lost some respect to the Nets. I loved, loved that Nets team. And this is coming from a Knicks fan of KD, Kyrie, Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, Dinwiddie, and those guys. That's a well-rounded, well-balanced defensive team with Jared Allen at the five. You know, the the Nets thought differently and brought in Harden, and now they got Blake Griffin and everybody else under the sun. And it's going to be interesting because too much star power doesn't always equate to wins early on because of the chemistry issues. Look at the Clippers last year and other teams of the past who have been insanely stacked. Just well, that, that first, uh, that first heat team with LeBron. Exactly. Uh, 2011. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So will the Nets do it? Maybe. Will I be happy for them? Mm, not so much. <laughs> Understood. Well, I tried to explain to my wife, if uh, Toronto got a, uh, a second NHL hockey team, I would hate them more than the Montreal Canadians because you can't, <laughs> you can't, you can't flip, uh, especially if you have two teams in your city and to to put it back to toronto randy you know again why were some people on that raptors bandwagon 2019 they wanted to see them take down that superstar team they just got the marcus cousins on top of that team what you know what i mean and then the raptors take them down that's another reason why everybody was so excited i mean of, of course cousins didn't live up to the hype but Earlier in that year, when they first got him, it was like, oh, my God, five all-stars in one lineup? Sure, sure. And uh, and finally, uh, Mikey, so uh, once again, as a, uh, uh, asking uh, to a Knicks fan, the Knicks carried and took a huge weight off of the shoulders from the Toronto Raptors when they picked up Andrea Bargnani, uh, which was, uh, of course, it was a number of years ago, but... Uh, the Raptors uh, did get Steve Novak. They got uh, draft picks, which did include Jakob Pertl, who was instrumental in the uh, the Kawhi Leonard trade. In your own words, as a fan, what was the Andrea Bargnani experience like in New York? Those were the nightmare years, my friend. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I haven't really experienced too much winning in New York other than the early mellow years with Stoudemire, Billups that year, right? So... Those in-between years, like 2015, that was probably like 2016, right? Uh, it's getting uh, close to that, yeah. I, I, I don't there, know the right? year so, off the top of my head. Like, for the Knicks, like 2015 to, like, last season it was just ugly for years and years because it just had all these aging, not even stars, these aging players who were overpaid, like Andrea Bargnani. And that was pretty ugly, man. I mean, he was just like a moving a moving sack of poop, you know, he, <laughs> he, I don't even know how else to say it because he was just like older. He could still shoot a little bit, but he barely got up and down the floor and everybody's like, why is this guy even here? We should just build young. And that was ugly times, man. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and, uh, but Hey, uh, uh, the Knicks seem to have turned a corner and, you know, uh, yeah. whether it's this year or uh, down the road, they definitely seem to have some pieces. Uh, and I got to say it- quick, Bargnani, when he was with Toronto, he was a little underrated back then. He was. 
then he then he gets, just got a little older here with the Knicks. Well, you you know what I think I think the issue with Bargnani was that he just did not play. Uh, he did not get rebounds. He was more yeah. so just uh, he was a he was a point guard in a center's body, and he would fit. It, he'd fit a lot better today in today's NBA, where it's a heavy shooting league. You know, run up and down the floor and chuck threes, mid range game, and that. It's my opinion. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. But uh, so, Mikey, just before we leave, I'd be remiss if uh, uh, you didn't get an opportunity to tell uh, my listeners where they could find you and your incredible content. Yeah, so personally, follow me at Mikey Domegala on Instagram. Check out at Official NBA Buzz on Instagram and Twitter. Just standard NBA Buzz on Facebook. Join the two point seven eight ish million fans over there. And of course, my guy Randy's a fan and he reached out to me on NBA Buzz. Greatly appreciated that you got me through Facebook because a lot of the opportunities come through Instagram. So it's cool when they come through Facebook. And yeah, check out Inside Buzz with Mikey Domagala on YouTube, as well as the Truth Podcast on ESPN, CLT Pod Center, and YouTube. We're filming a new episode tomorrow for that. I, uh, I don't plan on giving any sneak peeks, but you're going to have to. <laughs> You're going to have to check us out on YouTube to see who we got next week. Sounds great, uh, Mikey. So all of this uh, began when I uh, posted uh, a comment. You uh, you had uh, uh, posted something on uh, Facebook, and I just uh, I just threw it out there. Hey, come on my podcast. And, uh, you know, uh, the turnaround uh, for that to happen was, uh, you know, was just a, a few days. Uh, you know, I could... Re- Anybody could really just tell the uh, the passion that you have for not only basketball but for creating some uh, legit uh, content as well. Uh, also, and the uh, the platforms that you have, the sky's the limit for you. Uh, congratulations with everything. Thank you so much for joining me today. No, thank you. And Randy, you know that all goes back to growing growing my own brand as a journalist, as somebody who I want people to know that I'm behind NBA buzz and everything I do. So that's why I have so much fan engagement, why I debate with fans still, even when there's, you know, thousands of comments on Facebook, I still try to, you know, debate with some, keep in touch with people in the comments on Instagram, just so they see Mike, you know, the journalist is connected to NBA buzz and you could check out everything else that he does just by, you know, following him. So I was so happy to see, to comment back to you and, I think it was on one of my Sean Kemp posts or Jay Hernandez posts. And I saw you had a podcast and I'm like, all right, yeah, let's do it. And uh, that's awesome. When, when you connect with fans, it, it always creates win-win situations in, in many different ways. So yeah, I appreciate you having me on and it was a pleasure meeting you and I can't wait to, to share this to my fans. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. His name is Mikey Domagala. He is the founder and uh, CEO of NBA buzz find him as you as he mentioned on uh, all of his social media platforms i am randy curate this is what's up the sports podcast and we'll talk to you next time